Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine a year where Sandro likes anime? <laughs> what? I don't believe you. What year is that, Zach? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the show where we review movies from 2001 in the order they came out in, and this week the show may as well be called Weeby But A Weeb, because we're talking about anime. Wow, finally, I've turned it into the podcast I've always wanted, where we just review anime, yeah. Oh, Cowboy Bebop the movie. Or, or Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, both great animes. Oh, that is a great American, uh, I mean, uh, a d- Japanese anime, ca- Avatar, mm. The Last Airbender. Yes, with the blue people. I love it. With the blue people, by James yeah. Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my favourite anime. Can't wait till it gets remastered. My name is Sandro, your name is Zach, and I love Cowboy Bebop the anime, and this is your first time ever having anything to do with this property, so I'm going to throw to you, even though you're the only person to throw to because it's only us in the episode, what did you think of Cowboy Bebop the movie? (laughs) Well, Sandro! I'm channeling the character to Ed and just being really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as you said, I haven't seen any Cowboy Bebop. It's been on my list of to-dos. I have a lot of list of to-dos. Like, I even have animes I've started, which I thought had been really good, and then just stopped watching it at some point. I feel like all anime fans do that. Yeah. Because there's too many episodes and too many animes. (laughs) I've watched, what, like, a hundred and, like something amount of Dragon Ball Z. Oh my god. Is that the abridged version or the unabridged version? Oh no, this is, sorry, not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball. Oh, the original, oh wow, okay. The original, yeah, because i got to start at the original, right? Do you? And I'm like, I'm never going to make it anywhere. <laughs> so that's on my list. I haven't gotten back to My Hero Academia because I watched that, like, all of it. Because I thought it was really good, and then I ran out of episodes to watch, and this was, like, years years ago. Yeah. And now they've come out with seasons that I just haven't gone back to it. I've watched One Punch Man, like, three times. I mean, One Punch Man is, like, even I will admit that is a great anime. That's a great anime, and it's so short. Yeah. It, like, because they haven't put out that many episodes, then I'm like, I could go and watch something new and exciting that, you know, I need to do, or... I could go to the comfort junk food, you know, and just eat that. But speaking of going out to watch new things, I watched this. You watched this. And I thought this was a great movie. Did you know what was going on considering this is set right at the end of the first season? I think I had a pretty good idea. Okay. I've seen like 
Firefly and other things like that. You've got your 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 ragtag group of mercenary boys going around doing jobs. You know, it's not it's not too hard, at least for me as a sci-fi buff, yeah. to understand what's going on. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly suggest seeing it before we talk about it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because we will spoil the whole movie. If you have any interest in in anime, in movies. In anime movies, mm. in Cowboy Bebop, in boys, in cows. What? In Bebops. In Bebops. In jazz music. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which isn't really in the the movie, but yeah. <laughs> no, but there was some good music. I love the intro song. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the intro song to the anime is fantastic as well, so I'm glad that they also had an equally good intro song for this. Yeah, because it has this, like, noir sort of, like pictures of like just society of like random people yeah which is a which is another point uh i love the detail in this movie it's very detailed they've got lots of like you know how in old disney films they it it has that same style of like the background is painted yes and then the actual like animated figures are like your main characters and stuff in this one there was a lot of extra animation just going around for details. They had a large budget on this because I think the original yeah. anime was so successful that they just had the biggest budget, maybe out of all the animes that are based off anime shows or the films that are like based off shows. Oh, really? Wow. And yeah, they they did a good job. Um, I've got some interesting facts about how they made it as well and like the sort of style that they went for because the style of this is so different to, and that's probably why I, I like Cowboy Bebop more than most animes is because. One, they show and don't tell a lot of the time. Yes. They don't explain things. They just show you a scene and they don't talk during it, which I love. Yeah. Which annoys me about most animes. It, it's so refreshing to watch a good movie <laughs> after so long. <laughs> it's been when... since like Fast and Furious that we've done something that I would call good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where specifically the show don't tell. Yeah. Because like the whole intro opening, they don't tell you anything no and tell you diddly squat and it's great yeah because you could just figure it out and oh it's so refreshing it's good to watch good cinema for once in my life yeah like actual storytelling it's really good i will mention some points all the characters on the ship so you got the the girl yep the corgi yep the older lady older lady oh like the sexy lady character oh Faye. yeah 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 <laughs> Older than the child girl. Oh, yeah. One thing we should mention as well is we watch different versions, slightly different versions. You watch the original Japanese. I watch the dub because uh, before I started watching the anime, I did what I usually do. And I like Googled Cowboy Bebop original versus dub. And it's the only time when everyone says the dub is better. Oh, really? So I watched the dub. I just got used to that cast. I've gone back and I've seen some episodes with subs and they're good. But uh, I, I actually prefer some of the voices in the English cast over the original. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Because, yeah, I watched I watched the sub because mm. I, I like I like sub. You're a purist. Uh, yeah, I've, I've watched dubbed. I think I watched My Hero Academy. That was English. Mm -hmm. It depends what I start with, because that's the one I get used to. And I associate the characters with those voices, you know, so if I can't kind of swap. 
That could be why I didn't connect to uh, any characters in Demon Slayer properly, because I literally watched episode one original, episode two dub, oh, episode what? three original. What? Just because, like, what? it depends on, on how sleepy I was. What? So, like, when I saw the first episode, I was ready to commit, so I was like, I'll read subtitles. And then when I got to the second episode, I was like, this is trash, but I'm still enjoying it, so I'm going to watch it with English so I could kind of fall asleep while watching it. Yeah, you gotta... Well, like, <laughs> I don't have to focus. You could kind of do... What what I've learned to do is just skim reading. You just kind of absorb what the words say, and then you get the gist of what they're saying, you know? Well, one thing I do, and I did it with this movie, is I watched the movie in English, but had the original Japanese translation as the subtitles. Ah, interesting. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I thought the... It was that that was their voices. I liked Ed's voice. Ed's voice was cool. I don't know how she would be in English. In English, I feel like she would have been more more annoying. annoying. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I was exactly right. I'm thinking because she had this kind of cutesy Japanese voice. I'm like, okay, that's bearable. In English, what would they do? Oh, they'd make it an annoying child. Yeah, no, it is. It's an annoying child voice in the a bit like kind of like I kind of like Ed's voice. Also, they completely change a lot of Ed's dialogue, but also because Ed's dialogue's not important, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but yeah. for English, <laughs> they change a lot of what Ed says. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. very interesting. One thing I was going to do that I didn't was watch the live action remake, or, or at least a couple episodes what? of the live that's action live- version. Oh yeah, that's right, live action the the show, yes. not a live action of this movie. Well, they were going to make uh, Cowboy Bebop the live action version. Season two was going to be based off this movie because um, season one's kind of the story arc of the first anime. Yeah, this could this could be like dragged out into a whole like finding the terrorist sort of thing. One day I'll watch the live action. I've heard it's good and probably shouldn't have been cancelled. It's a shame that anime fans got so annoyed at it. Yeah, well, why does everything have to be live action though, Sandro? Because because art is dead. And <laughs> I can't argue with that one. Guys, no, got me there. Um, but before we get into some more details about Cowboy Bebop, the movie also known as Knocking on Heaven's Door, that's the original Japanese Ooh. name for it, but it's the name of a Bob Dylan song, mm. so they changed it for the American release or else the Americans might have gotten confused and thought this was a Bob Dylan movie. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that would have been funny, though. That would have been pretty like, funny. This had nothing to do with Bob Dylan. What the heck is this anime bullshit? But yeah, before we get into some details, I've got a couple quick things to plug, if you don't mind. Uh, and by plug, I mean you were there when it happened. Oh, no! Uh, just before our last episode came out, I was live on Twitch and got affiliate, so that's fun. Oh my god, I was there! <laughs> you were there! <laughs> it's true! I spammed lol in chat. It was great. It was crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's a thing. I'm streaming now. I'm not going to take it as seriously as all of my other projects but if you want to come hang out i stream sometimes uh on twitch i want to start streaming yes you should but i have first have to get my own place and then my idea is after work i'll do like you know a couple hours of streaming maybe we'll see how it goes uh but, but that's one thing i'm on twitch a bit more and you'll be on twitch soon as well uh but also um i i've started another podcast oh no i've got a problem what <laughs> You're addicted. Sandro, this is why we brought you here today. You're addicted to podcasts. Um, my friend Reese Parton and I, I mean, our friend Reese Parton and I have been on the show many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've been podcasting with him for 10 years now. It's crazy to think about. But uh, we, we, we've started a new show. It's called Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. Ooh. The first episode is out right now, uh, reviewing the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. We're going to do more stuff in the future. You'll be on at some point, probably to talk Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones, 
called Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes, yes. When that's all out. But yeah, it's called Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff Ants for short. I have a question. Yes. How is this different from Nerd Out? It's not. It's the same show. Whoa! (laughs) Hell yeah. Can't wait. I love Nerd Out. Yeah, we had the show during COVID, which was uh, a spin-off of the podcast I do with Rob and Jen, which is also turning into something else at some point down the track. Nice. But yeah, Reese and I were like, it's weird to keep making this a spin-off when it should just be its own thing at this point because we're out of lockdown, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's fair. Wow, I'm very excited for that. It's funny you, you mention uh, Rob Rob Lloyd. Yes. I, I, I had a little shout-out with him. I might chuck it at the end, at the start. Where do you, where do you want this mm, shout-out? Well, I don't even know what this is about, so you may as well put it now. Oh, it was, it was, it was just his podcast, you know, the one he mentioned when oh, he was Star on Trek the show one? a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Star Trek one. I listened to an episode of that. Having no prep, I didn't look at, I didn't watch any Star Trek, I didn't do anything, and they talked about these episodes that I hadn't seen. I was gonna say, they reviewed the end of Strange New Worlds, the new Star Trek show that you haven't watched. Yes, correct. (laughs) They reviewed the end of it, so they didn't even review the whole season, so I had no context for anything. But it was still enjoyable to listen to, because they go back and talk about um, old Star Trek which I have, in fact, watched. And they talked about um, the death of characters and how they have the effect on the medium and on themselves as people. Okay. Which was very exciting. I quite enjoyed that. What's that called? Subspace Radio, I think, is what it's called? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Links to everything in the episode description if you want to check out all the stuffs and things. But, Zach, you picked Cowboy Bebop the movie, and you picked it out of a bunch of garbage, if you would pardon my French, (laughs) uh, options. (laughs) Did I did I strike gold with this one? Like it was like I thought all the options this week were going to be shit. <laughs> so it was like uh, you know I swing. Oh, I'll just pick this one randomly, and this one was amazing. Yeah. So I I lucked out super hardcore on this one. Oh yeah. So there was a point I was going to make about twenty minutes ago, which was there was there was a couple of questions. So those four characters on the ship, they're the main characters of the series, right? Uh, five including the dog, but the four humans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, five including the dog, of course, of course. I figured that out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which unfortunately ruined a bit of the tension for the movie. You knew who would survive and who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) there's no way any of these characters die in an anime movie, or at least if they die, it's not going to be cat. You know, (laughs) the tension wasn't there as much. Yeah. And they kind of tried to do a fake-out death halfway through. They did, yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, we're halfway through the movie, and that's the main character (laughs) of the main show. I'm sure he's dead, you know? So there was a little bit there, but other than that, I think I didn't have any problems with the entire rest of the movie. That's pretty good, that's pretty good, yeah. I mean... yeah. The thing with that main core as well is I find with a lot of anime movies, they do try and make it more for the general audience. So they remove some of the characteristics of some of the characters and stuff. And that's kind of the case here. Like in the anime, yeah. Spike is way more uh, sad about about his past. And, and the same with oh, okay. Faye. She's got amnesia. She's got no idea where she came from. So she's also quite sad for all of it. And they kind of got rid of that for the movie. But um, it also works yeah. because it's just another mission that they go on, you know? So Yeah, this, this definitely has a sort of upbeat tone-ish for a movie about a depressed, psychopathic terrorist bombing places. 
Um, it had a very upbeat tone with uh, with uh, great jokes. The jokes were uh, great. Oh, yeah. It was so entertaining to watch. I loved it. I loved the characters in the background, and I loved them coming back. There was some important stuff that happened. Uh, but, yeah, the other... If we can get back to a point I made six <laughs> minutes ago... <laughs> Five hours ago, we made we started a point and then went on a tangent, and we made the podcast. This is going to be a long episode, isn't it? Uh, possibly. Who knows? Depends how many of these wild turkeys I can drink down. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, we all know what Zach's like on the wild turkey. He turns into a rooster. <laughs> what? I don't know. You're loud and you wake people up. <laughs> wow. It doesn't mean anything. I, it yeah. feels kind of mean now that I've said it. <laughs> no, I think that's like a positive thing, you know? You put the podcast in the morning to wake you up. You know? Yeah, true. Alright, your other options that came out this week in 2001 are Megiddo, the Omega Code 2, religious Christian sci-fi about the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> sequel. I, I I can't see that being good. Would have been a great pick just to, like, the random bullshit, but it's also a sequel and I don't want to watch the first one. The Musketeer, retelling of the three musketeers that features both samurai and pirate style fighting, which is a cool... Oh, yeah. That that one I did think would actually be pretty good. Could be fun. I think that I think that movie was actually sounded pretty good. Um, and it's unfortunate that we didn't do it. Eh, I could add it to Patreon if you want. Yeah, but also I've seen The Three Musketeers. I've read The Three Musketeers. I know of The Three Musketeers. Uh, you also had rock star Mark Wahlberg is the member of a tribute band who then becomes the lead singer of the band they're giving tribute to. Whoa, crazy. I've seen Mark Wahlberg. But also, we've also seen other action heroes that went on to try and do a singing movie. Oh, don't remind me of that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Was that... Uh, <laughs> it was Rhinestone. I want to say that was before episode 100, so that was a while back. That was a while ago, and not a while enough, I feel. Uh, Soul Survivors is a movie about uh, a woman, her boyfriend dies in a car accident, and then she starts seeing strange visions of him. Hmm. Sounds boring. Uh, two yep. can play that game. Rom-com about a couple playing tricks on each other. But Cowboy Bebop the movie was released September 1st in 2001. We are really getting close to the big events that happened in 2001. There was certain stuff in this movie that made me go, oh yeah, that's coming up, isn't it? That There's like a shot of the Twin Towers at one point. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. Like the story and also considering when it was released, it, it just feels a bit eerie. Yeah, yeah. It's an, it's an un unfortunate timing, almost. It could have been worse, but still, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that is the Japanese release date. This, of course, came out in America like two, three years after that originally, because it takes them a while. Mm. Uh, in terms of creatives, it's the same team from the anime. It's the same director, it's the same writer, it's the same animation team, it's the same composer. Yeah, all the same people. That that is interesting because most of the time it's not. Yes, this is true. And I think that really helped this film because it. F I'm saying it felt like Cowboy Bebop, but I don't know how Cowboy Bebop feels. No, because so. I haven't let you watch it until we record the episode. <laughs> that is true. Immediately after watching this film, I was like, "Man, I really want to watch Cowboy Bebop now." And you're like, "No, you need to record the podcast, Zach." <laughs> Do as content, I say, content, I'm Sandra. Content first. How dare you? Content first. I need the money from the 
content, Zach. <laughs> what? And then we can split it and you can spend it on my stream and I can earn more money. Yes, I'm Sandro. Wow. No enjoyment for you, Zach. You cannot enjoy this anime till we have recorded our podcast. That's the exact thing you said That's to exactly me, what I said. Um, That's verbatim the speech you gave to me. Yeah, I'm pretty evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you're talking about uh, monetary gains from the podcast, yeah. <laughs> You, yeah. you, you turn into some sort of supervillain. It's, it's yeah, very strange. So when I'm talking about how we're only doing this podcast for the money and the listeners do not matter, you are merely products to us. Yeah, that's yeah. when um, I start to get a bit angry. Yeah, you uh, you sound like the uh, the pharmacist guy, the the <laughs> the pharmacist guy from this film. I feel like I should say that that's all a joke and we're doing this for fun. <laughs> but I I would hope that people know that. Wow, what a what a coward a coward. Cowardly com- comedic way out, you know? Uh, a true comedian would have doubled down. <laughs> that's right. Amazon. Oof. Makes you think. <laughs> Makes you think. Uh, so the idea for this movie came up while they were working on the anime, and after the anime was mm. a massive hit, and everyone was like, make a season two. And the creators were like, we'll put it in between the anime, and we'll make a movie that's kind of an expansion. Yeah, yes. Yeah, a bit of extra content that they were all starved for they're all vibing for and I, I boy did it work yeah and it's impossible to make a second season of cowboy bebop it's such a self-contained anime you know mm. it's one of those mm. ones so yeah i'm glad that they went down this route obviously uh they had a massive budget for this which means animation quality a lot bigger as you mentioned yeah and it's interesting i can't remember watching something that was from a TV show into a movie that was this good. Can you name something? I still like the Firefly movie. Firefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, Firefly movie. I still like that as an ending to that story. That's funny you bring up Firefly because it's very similar sort of theming where you've got a mercenary gang going around on a ship. No, I can't think of a, a movie based off a TV show that's good. I mean, maybe like... Like a Charlie Brown film or Winnie the Pooh yeah, or something, yeah. I maybe? Mean, I mean, specifically that we've watched at all. Oh, that we've done on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've done many based off TV shows. Oh, that's true. Thinking about it, unless it's like a cop thing. Yeah, like the Star Trek movies. I guess they were all right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's just been really well done. And um, I'm, I'm glad for that because I... I quite enjoyed this. How does this just quickly compare to the anime? It's it's as good. Yeah, it's as good. Yeah. It's definitely more of a throwaway episode compared to a lot of the anime, but yeah. that's fine. I it's mean. funny because it does feel like just one big long episode, but also it was two hours and I was surprised when it was done. Yes. Whereas the anime is like 20 minutes an episode, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was it was so enjoyable the whole time. I had so much fun throughout that I was like, when it was done, I was like, oh, is it over already? Man, that film was short. Looks at time. And that was two hours? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Because normally I'm like, oh, man, this could have been good if it was 20 minutes shorter. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm so done with this film. <laughs> Fuck this film. This, I was like, give me half an hour more. Yeah. I was I was loving it. Do more jokes about guys taking long shits, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, please do. I, yeah. I love those jokes. It was great. One thing that I love about how they made this as well is um they went for a very specific style of... It's not really camera work because it's animated, but, like, where they placed the 
point of view, mm. and it was to make everything look like it could be filmed. Yeah, yeah, they made it look like a movie. Yeah, which is interesting. Kind of what Dune did with <clears throat> like the scale of the ships and stuff. Everything looked like it was real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this film felt very real in that sort of. Obviously, it was anime, but it was a very down to earth. Yeah, which is funny because it's based in like a future Earth. It's set on Mars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it felt more down to earth than a lot of films we've done. And it's an anime in the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that's it's kind of crazy. And they added a bunch of like three D effects as well, like the butterflies. I think are technically CGI and stuff like that. But yeah, they blended yeah, it really yeah. well. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite well made for the reception. Sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes sense. I mean, critics in two thousand and one, like anime is not popular at that point. It's still a very small subculture when it comes to, like, America, right? Which is the majority of critics. Hey, Sandro, are you saying the critics might be wrong Oh, here? I might have to coincide. I might have to actually <laughs> admit that I don't like the critics this time around, yes. Yeah, because this is one of the most enjoyable films I've watched this year. <laughs> I, I would argue might be better than some of the other films, not Cats and Dogs, obviously, but, like, some um, of the other... Even better than Spy Kids, which I is one of my all-time favourite films. I think this is better than Spy Kids. Like it. I think for me, like, Pulse, yeah. that Australian movie that we did at the start of the year, and this are, mm. like, my three favourites, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Th well, this is up here. I just think, yeah. And then I saw the critics go, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, they hadn't seen the anime, probably. Yeah, but I hadn't seen the anime. And this film was great. I don't... I, I can't defend the critics. They're silly. Yeah, They're silly. That's right. <laughs> Stop trying to play devil's advocate. You know they're wrong, Sandro. Like they always are. The critics are always wrong. Bring up the audience score, Sandro. What's the audience fucking think? percent, motherfucker. Woo, woo, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And those ten percenters, they're all. They're probably critics <laughs> in disguise. Uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb as well Which is, yeah, pretty good uh, No idea how much this cost But it would have been quite a bit Because animation What do you think this made worldwide? And it, and it did a lot of extra animating As we mentioned earlier So mm. it was probably super expensive I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, It's 2001 And as you said It wasn't that popular Anime is just breaching the mainstream This is when the internet was just starting up, right? Well, that too, yeah And anime was popular because of the internet Yeah, anime got super popular because of the internet So I'm thinking this didn't make that much Ooh, We're gonna say I'm gonna say 300,000 because it's worldwide. 300,000? Oh, three, three million. Three hundred. Three. Well, yeah, three million. That is how much it made. Three million dollars. Uh, I meant to say 300 million. Not 300, but, <laughs> but, but, but three million. Nice. Yeah. Did it, Zach. But I got to the right answer incorrectly, so I'll take it. Yeah, not much. Uh, but, but also this movie is like hard to find as well. Like, Cowboy Bebop, the anime is on Netflix, but this isn't... You can only get this, uh, like, on demand and stuff. There's some weird, um, I guess, publication sort of things with it. That's so sad, because this film is so much better than so much stuff we've watched. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, but there's two taglines. Ooh. Are you living in the real world? Yeah, you're doing the, the cowboy voice. I got it. Yeah. Are you living in the real world, partner? <laughs> 
the partner adds a lot, but also doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, am I living in the real world? Are you? Uh, probably. It doesn't really make sense until you've seen the movie. Yes. That line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't entice me into the movie. No. I guess it's sort of anime related, because anime isn't the real world, maybe? Question mark? Nah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. And then the mm. the main tagline that's on all the posters is, they're here to save the planet, but not for free. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, your accent more than the, the tagline. But still, yeah, 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 I like that. I like yeah. that a bit more. I like that a bit more, because that's their whole point, is... They're not. They're not your typical heroes. No, no partner. Uh, which is which is the same thing as sort of sort of Firefly. Characters have flaws. Whoa, crazy. Mm, showrunners have flaws. Josh Whedon, pile of shit. Actually, Firefly. Ooh. Good show. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it's getting a little hot to here. Oh my, it's a little spicy. A little spicy indeed. Mm. But yeah, no. Very good. Thumbs up. A mysterious invitation. An unknown host. Ten strangers trapped in a remote mountain lodge. I won't let anything get in the way of my having a good holiday. One dead. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Look at her. Nine remain. Finding the killer will be a process of elimination. Head to the Penny Peep Show podcast to listen to our latest series, A Process of Elimination. Do it now before you get eliminated. All right, well, then we should probably get into the uh, the plot of the movie. Yeah, we sh- this is nearly the length of the Othello movie, and we haven't even talked about the movie. <laughs> I, I know. This is a long episode. You can tell how much we enjoyed this movie. It was great. This movie opens with a robbery. Mm. A robbery by a criminal who refers to the world as a stew. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is, again, this is like a throwaway character that never comes back. No. That has more character and backstory <laughs> than the main characters of Othello. <laughs> yep. Um, and we mean the movie that we did last week, not the play Othello. Not just, the play. Just to yeah, clear no. that up if you haven't heard the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the main characters of O. Mm. Not to get them confused. No, you're right. Like, this throwaway action sequence. Also, the atmosphere. Like, it's so spaghetti western. It feels <laughs> like those old Clint Eastwood movies. But yeah. it's also set in the future with, like, sci-fi guns. It's great. Which is... which is uh, I like those movies. I, I, mm. I wish we'd do more cowboys at some point. The old ones are not new ones like Crossfire Trail, which wasn't very good. Oof. Oof. <laughs> nah, let's do the uh, Crazy Eight or whatever the fuck it was called. Crazy know. Eight? Uh, the something eight. Magnificent Seven with Chris Pratt? Nah, there was one with eight, but anyway... Oh, the fucking Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, <laughs> the Adam Sandler that. one, Sandro. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot that even existed. Yeah, you were like, are you talking about the Magnificent Seven? What are you on about? <laughs> you I'm like, no, I'm trying to remember the eight one, but it's so forgettable. I can't, like, I love Terry Crews, but I, I anyway. can't remember what that was called. You see what I was struggling with, Sandro? It's so forgettable, it hurts. 
Yeah, so there's the <laughs> there's these bad guys in in uh in like a corner shop sort of thing. Seven Eleven or Sevlevs, as I like to call it. Ah, uh, good old Sevlev. Uh, the the bad guys grabbing a grabbing a slurp over at Sevlev. Yeah, grabbing a slurpy and a meat pie. Oh, good old meat pie. You know what? I used to eat a lot of the sandwiches. Oh, I don't mind that. I don't get them anymore nowadays. I just get like a sausage roll. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've eaten too much of them though. I can't stand them anymore. Yeah. But like, I used to love those. They, they were my go-to thing. Did you know they don't have sausage rolls in America? What? That's really weird. They don't have sausage rolls in America. Yeah. How do they go to any sports game? I don't know. They must eat Doritos. Ew. At sports games. No, that's Game of Fuel. What are you talking about? There's that no- is Game of Fuel. Yeah, maybe an esports game. I'd love to rock up to like an esports tournament with like Mountain Dew and Doritos and just see what happens. Well, see what happens. What are you expecting to happen? Like everybody go, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you're perpetuating the stereotype of gamers. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, see what happens. What happens is you eat your Doritos and drink your Mountain Dew and people go, haha. Yeah. I like Mountain Dew and Doritos. They're fine. They're actually, they're okay products. I don't mind them. You know, it's funny. Mountain Dew is kind of like a stew, wouldn't you say? <gasps> You're bringing it full circle. Much, much like our world, where if you have a stew, you kind of need some, some meat in it. Otherwise, it's not a stew. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a soup. You, we do live in a stew society. Yeah, yeah. But for the stew, you need the meat, and for the meat, you need the dosh. Yeah. So we have we have the uh, funny monologue where like uh, the, this this rubber dude has so he just has some great lines. He talks about he's like does this metaphor where life is a stew, mm. and that's why he's robbing the places to get some meat and other things because meat is uh, a very rare thing in this future society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you need a lot of money, but also. He has this sort of thing he mentions where he's like, oh, I'm not even worried because I know that security logo that's in your shop. And I know for a fact that they won't come because I used to work for them and they fired me. Yeah, the fucking backstory on this throwaway guy is great. It's like a Spider-Man villain. He used to work for a security company and now he only robs places that use that security company for security because he knows how to get through the security. It's like, oh my goodness, this is a whole movie. But here's the thing. All of his backstory is just char- is just world building. Yeah. It doesn't actually mean anything for this character because we'll never see him again. But it's world building because mm. you know what's happening now. One, you know meat's rare. Yes. Like, because we're in a future society, meat's rare. We know that these defunct corporations existed out there that were private securities yep. for specific places. They're going defunct, though. So we're living in this future society where, you know capitalism has is reaching its peak once again and oh wow things collapse and other things wow that sounds like a weird crazy sci-fi future where ridiculous i would say even yeah no crazy i i could never see that happening in real life yeah but this is an anime so it can get away with this sort of fantasy capitalism forever that's my tagline Yeah, as you say, I need more money for the podcast, Zach. I don't watch Cowboy Bebop where I need the content. Yeah, yeah. That's what you always say. So, so as we were talking about earlier, Sandro, what, I wasn't struggling mm. to grasp a hold of this movie because it does great world building just by doing things. 
And it doesn't tell you it. It's not like San Francisco, Mars, 8.30 p.m. at 7-Eleven thing, cut to thing. And then it has like a Suicide Squad thing oh. of this bad guy where it's like John Nathaniel, retired security guard. <laughs> I mean, it does do a little bit of that when they're doing research on the bad guy on the computer, but it's not, oh, yeah. it's not that bad. That's true. That's true. But that's, like, halfway through the film, you know? Uh, but yeah, then Spike shows up. Spike Spiegel, the main-ish character of the series, and he beats him up in a great action sequence. Oh my god, the action sequences in this movie are fantastic. I love the combat with uh, Spike. Mm. Uh, I want to watch the anime, Sandra. Let me watch the anime, Sandra. You could watch the anime when we're, when we're done, goddammit. And you know what? I, I might just do that. Um, but yeah, no, there's some great combat scenes. We we have a few throughout the movie, and they're all they're all really great stuff. I love the the long kicks and stuff. He's a tall guy. Yeah, tall, lanky-ish. Yeah, yeah, and he's dodging, he's weaving, he's knocking guns out of their hands, you know. He's making jokes too. It's good fun. Yeah, he's walking in all casual like with his headphones on. <laughs> so you had the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Uh Jet. Yeah, yeah, the the older mentor character. Yeah, 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 Jet. Jet busts in. And uh, they beat up all the guys, and then a guy comes out who was taking forever to shit, and Spike is like, Jet, I thought you said there was like five guys, we counted them. (laughs) And it's like, uh, he was in the toilet the whole time, you know, and Spike's like, why does it take you so long to shit? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then they have like a Mexican standoff with this guy who holds a lady hostage. Yes. And then Spike's like, oh, sorry, I don't care about your stupid hostage because I'm not a hero. I'm a bounty hunter. Yeah, that's the whole thing thing with Spike is uh, he's impatient. He doesn't plan ahead. Yeah. And he might slowly learn to change that during the course of this movie. Yep, they shoot the bad guy and then it turns to the camera and it's like, haha, I'm not a hero. I'm just a bounty hunter. Now, there is a fan theory that this entire movie is a dream that Spike had. There's this... I saw it online. He does sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, he sleeps a lot. The movie starts and ends with him waking up from a dream. Ah. So people were thinking, like, oh, is this entire movie a dream? Nothing points towards that aside from him looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah! But it's a, like it's an anime and it's meant to be cheesy, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and he does... Get infected with the nanobots, which make make him see dream butterflies. Yeah. Which does sound like something that someone would make up in their dream. I mean, it does. Uh, It definitely does. I don't think think that fan theory affects the movie in any way. It doesn't change anything. It's like the ending of, like, Inception. It it doesn't change how you watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter if it's a dream. Uh, Although... Inception, like, that is important for the movie because it's specifically uh, not, like, an, an ambiguous ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's done on purpose, where in this movie, it's just a fan theory. Yeah, it's, just a, it's just a thing. And then we're launched into the theme song, a lot chiller. Oh, the yeah. show's theme song is like... Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I've listened to the Cowboy Bebop theme song. Good. A lot. <laughs> Good. Because it's just one of those songs that's in a playlist somewhere that I have. Because it's a it's a great song. 
three, two, one, let's go. Yeah, it's the entire theme song. No, just the entire soundtrack for this entire series is great. I know that the composer returned for the live action show as well and wrote a whole bunch of like new music, which is one thing that I'm really keen to check out. I think it's because other people like YouTubers that I've watched have used the theme song just around. So I've looked up the theme song and then I found it and I just added it. It's a great, it's great song. It's a good one. Great tracks. This movie, this intro, good song. Also good. Again, a lot chiller, uh, but I think it, you know, it's re- really cool. Sets the scene for what is a more uh, emotional uh, story. Yeah, this is like a an emotional arc. Like it's it's down to earth. <laughs> down to Mars, more like it. Yeah, God fucking damn it. <laughs> down to New Earth. Ooh. If we're in the world of Doctor Who. Something that they've completely forgotten was <laughs> was that they introduced a place called New Earth. Oof. Haven't seen it in fifteen years. Wow. What are you? Are you saying that the Doctor Who storyline is inconsistent and doesn't remember its previous law that it's established? That the continuity changes every single time there's a new Doctor. Yeah, that that kind of happens actually. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so funny that every time they they change the Doctor, almost like they're changing. Other things outside the show, like the people that run it. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy, son. Mm. Although, although for the brand new series starting next year, it's the it's the showrunner uh, from uh, from the David Tennant era. He's back. Oh, interesting. He's, he's interesting. doing more stuff. I'm keen to watch it. He's doing some multiverse things, I think, which is cool. Yeah, he's in Magic: The Gathering. Oh, I, I I remember you telling me that, and me saying, "Why?" Because it's two thousand and one, Sandro, and everything's to do with crossovers. Don't you remember? Oh, I forgot we live in two thousand and one. Yeah, it's currently two thousand and one. That's definitely what's happening. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Jet throughout this whole movie, which is interesting if you look at where this places in the timeline of the show, it's set. Uh, I think three episodes before the finale. Hmm. Jet is really annoyed that everyone on the ship is using his ship as like a base and then just going off and doing adventures and leaving him behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kind of has this sort of existential bit where he's like, what really bonds us together? Yeah. Because we're not family, but we also care about each other. And he's he's obviously like, you know, he's he's a dad. Guy. He's he's the dad of the show. He's the chef of the show. He cooks everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like instant noodles. Um, oh, the food. Like <laughs> one thing I love is anime fans are always on about how great anime food looks, and it's true. It's, it's true. Th- the food in anime looks amazing, but I love how the food in Cowboy Bebop is like it's microwaved instant noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it again. It's those little touches like that which make it so much more down to Mars. Hey. Da- down to Mars than most other shows. It's those little details like, yeah, of course, in the future, normal food's going to be, like, super expensive. Like, yeah. having a, a a meal with actual food and other things prepared by a chef, that's going to be, like, super expensive. Mm. In the future, they just have packaged garbage. Yeah, of course. You know, that's what... That's what gen. That's what we eat nowadays. You know, for the most part, no one's out making like anime gourmet meals where like your your best friend makes a bowl of ramen and it's the best bowl of ramen <laughs> anyone's ever seen in their entire life. No, they're just having like a, a bowl of instant noodles and they're like, yeah. man, 
I could really go for some meat. <laughs> Fucking hell. I haven't had real food in 12 years, you know? Exactly. Oh, it was great. I love that aspect. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, and yeah, Ed and Faye. So Ed is the child. Faye is uh, the main female lead. She's great. She's got amnesia. Not important for the movie. They are hunting down a hacker kid. Yeah, I never, I never learnt that bit about Faye's backstory. Obviously, if I had known... That is interesting because amnesia is a big part of this movie because the terrorist guy has that. Yeah. So it's interesting that that was never brought up, that they didn't... It it might be a cutout thing where the terrorist talks with her because they have a whole thing where they're together. But, like, it's interesting that that was never brought up. So the kid that they're tracking, they're tracking a hacker kid. Uh, They are tracking the hacker kid's car or the car that they think he's in. Turns out it's someone else. And they're driving a gas tanker and they use it to blow up a highway. Yeah, so you've got you've got uh, Ed, the child prodigy, yes. who is a hacker, who has the best hacking animations I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, they updated those so much from the show. They look so fancy. Oh, okay. Um, they look like the kids TV show Cyber Chase in this. And that made me Google Cyber Chase and go, gross, that show looks disgusting now. Look at that CG. That show was ugly. I, uh, uh, it's funny you didn't remember that, but that show, like the master head, whatever it was, the lady. Oh, so bad terrifying but also the art style of that show was terrifying but also that show was great it was a scary fun show for kids i enjoyed that show that was one of my favorite shows as a kid growing up we should go back to it and do an episode on every single episode of something that's a terrible idea yeah you want to watch every single episode sandro you want to do if you do it first i'll do it sandro no i'll go back and watch every episode of um Astro Boy before I do it for Ooh, <laughs> Astro Boy. I, I've only... I I don't think I've seen nearly anything from Astro Boy. I have vague memories of watching Astro Boy yeah. of things, but, like, I don't think I ever saw, like, a full episode or anything, so that would be interesting. I think I watched the original... Not the black and white one, the one in the 80s. I watched all of that when I was really young. Really? Wow, yeah. I have not done that. I might have seen, like, the movie or something. I don't know. But, uh, so you've got Hacker Girl Eddie, you've got, uh, Faye, who is piloting one of their ships. So is she, like, a piloty lady? Uh, oh, she just kind of goes off and does her own thing, and she's got her own little, yeah. Well, that's what all the characters do. They kind of just go off and do their own thing. That's and that's true. the existential point for Dad, um, who is also a retired cop, which I liked his one retired cop scene. That was very funny. Yeah. He's got a whole episode about being a retired cop in the anime, and it's one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great, because he goes and talks with his cop's friend, and it's the most cliche thing <laughs> where they're in, like, a drive-thru for some reason in the future that still exists and they're watching an old black and white cowboy movie in the future for some reason (laughs) that's a different style of anime but it's still anime but it's a different style of animation to the show that we're watching yeah 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 they've purposely made it different which is great (laughs) and then they're like Mm, ah, the 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 force is corrupt since you left. You know, the the force has changed. You know, everything's corrupt. We can't do anything. All our hands are tied. And he's like, "Sounds like it hasn't changed. That's why I left." You know, it's the most cliche bullshit I've ever heard. Oh, it was great. It's so good. Well, that's what Cowboy Bebop is. It's like almost. 
making fun of cliches from Western entertainment. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, 80s American movies, Westerns from the 50s. It's making fun of that, but also putting in like an outsider's view on it. Oh, it's definitely not accidental. They no. are deliberately doing these things because the humor is mm, so good. Uh, Spike has a chess battle with Jet at one point yeah. where Spike falls asleep in the middle of it because Jet takes too long and then the Corgi comes over and makes the move for Jet. Ein. Ein the Corgi. Smart dog. Yeah, Ein. He is the he is correct throughout this entire movie. He mm-hmm. Ein is never wrong. Ein is actually the smartest character in the whole show. I agree. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any episode, but I already know he is the smartest character in the show. He's good. And uh, yeah, he plays a chess move and Jet's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Good work. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the, the Corgi is a chess master. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, Faye witnesses uh, the big explosion mm. um, on the highway. The gas tanker blows up. It's a terrorist attack. I think it's like 450 people injured, but like 100 people died or something. Yeah, yeah. We see, uh, we get a quick glimpse of the main villain yes they take a picture of his like tattoo it's a bit blurry but they see his tattoo uh which leads them later on going through like the databases to find where he comes from and who he is exactly because it was some sort of like biological weapon it blew up yeah released some sort of virus in the air but yeah, straight off the bat, our character's like, well, that was bad. We don't care. We're going to keep doing our own thing until they watch the news and see 300 million Wulongs to capture the terrorist. Yeah. And they're like, oh, guess we're going on an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And I like that because that's, that's uh, that makes your characters want to do a thing. It's like, we got to do this thing because it's right. No, no one gives a shit. Uh, everyone's looking out for themselves, but for 300,000... That will buy them some nice stew. A little bit of stew. Oh, heaps and heaps and heaps of noodles. Oh, yeah. Or eggs. There's one episode where they just eat heaps and heaps of boiled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a luxury. There's one episode where they don't have any food and Ed goes out and finds these mushrooms on a planet and then they all just get high for the whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of drugs, the reason behind these terrorist attacks is that the bad guys have stolen from a corrupt drug company that is secretly working for the military. Corrupt big pharma that are (gasps) actually working with the military. Oh my goodness, this has no- this is not connected to real life at all. This is so wild. this is so unrealistic. I I was at this point, I was like, this is so unrealistic, it might be taking me out of the film. (laughs) But- for the sake of the film, I stuck with it, and it, it got more realistic after that. Yeah. Uh, you know, with dream butterflies. And we're introduced to a bunch of people because we kind of see um, the doctors and stuff who are reporting to uh, the pharmaceutical company. Yeah. One of them has allergies and keeps sneezing, but they're all <laughs> like, are, are you sick? And he's like, no, I've just got allergies. It's kind of weird how we're in the future and they haven't come up with a vaccine for allergies yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> So, yeah, most of the first half of this movie is, yeah, just different characters investigating Spike 
actually goes to a Middle Eastern sort of area of, mm. uh, of Mars to investigate. This was so cool. And we get uh, this guy who he meets who's got like this grenade cigarette lighter. But yeah, he's there and he's like, he knows something. He knows something, but Spike can't get it out of him. And he's talking about beans. He's talking about beans a lot. And Spike's like, the beans must mean something. Yeah, he's doing, like, a bean metaphor this the whole time. Uh, they go to, like, a bean stand, and he mentions the sort of bean that you give to your cheating wife. <laughs> and if it kills her or something, right? Yeah, yeah, because if, if the wife is cheating, she'll feel guilty, mm. and she'll only have a couple of them. Whereas if she's not cheating, she'll just eat them all up. And if she eats them all up, she'll throw them up. Yeah. Because it's too many. But if she's cheating, she'll only eat one or two, and that's enough to kill her. Yeah. Uh, which is great logic. He gets the slip. They go into a vase store, and the guy gives Spike the slip. And then Spike sees a woman in a purple veil, who is one of the main characters of the movie, but we don't know her name until the last half hour. Yeah. But it's Electra. Yeah. She's Electra. She's cool. I, re- I, really, loved- I really liked Electra. Electra was was very cool. I liked that they gave him a vase. The... The the mysterious uh like vendor dude with the grenade lighter, he's he's just like the whole movie, he's just mysterious for some reason. Yeah. And he just gives him a vase, which of course it turns out inside the vase had a, a very auspicious item. Yes, has a clue. I love these just mysterious strangers in movies. That is most of Cowboy Bebop is you meet weird but fun mysterious characters for an episode and they do their thing and then you're on to the next episode oh that's cool that's cool that that's a consistent thing that they also put in this movie then yeah there you go it's really good and it is an anime that that is episodic as well there's like two two two-parters but for the most part each episode is its own story slash bounty uh which i think is interesting really cool and better than shows like demon slayer (gasps) take one arc and do it too much. Sorry, is that, is that that show that you watched the dub and then watched the English and then watched the dub? I did, but I stuck to the sub for a few episodes in the middle of the season and then I gave up because it's not a good show. I'm sorry, wow. people who like Demon Slayer, the art is fantastic, but I hate everything else about that show. <laughs> I'm going to watch that and then tell you why you're wrong. Anyway. Yeah, no, please do. All my friends love it and I don't know why. I don't love it. I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't. Is it perhaps that you watched the sub (laughs) and then watched the dub and then watched the sub, Sandro? Maybe. Maybe we'll have to review it on Ants. (gasps) What a good idea for plugging Ants. I mean, for content, for the viewers, uh, listeners. I'll force myself to watch all of it in either subs or dubs. (laughs) Choose one, goddammit, Sandro. Now watch both of them at the same time. No! <laughs> Without subtitles. Nothing. I can't hear anything. Oh, God. I like there's a song in the background. Okay. I think this is when Spike's going around uh, with the with the mysterious man. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a line from that song, which I wrote down, which is, Could it be that I'm just dumb and horny? Well, yes, that's most of this world. Yeah, which I thought was a great, great line in a song. Continue on. We see the the bad guys. We see Vincent and the young British hacker. They go to a warehouse, they kill a guard pretty brutally, and they go to a warehouse filled with jack-o'-lanterns. 
So Hacker is very stereotypical Hacker. He's like playing old video games and complaining that video games aren't what they used to be, which is so funny this came out in 2001. They had no idea. They had no idea how bad video games would get. (laughs) I thought I was watching a movie that came out yesterday, you know? Yeah, it's true. And then I realized, wait, this came out 20 years ago. That's super funny that they had this thing. Although, like, the games that he plays are like, ah, the good old days, Pong. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, he's playing garbage, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he does do, like, a Duck Hunt shooter game, which I think looked fun. Man, I used to have Duck Hunt on my old Windows 98. That was a fun game. I didn't, and it looks dumb, and I think you're dumb. You shoot the ducks and they go blah. It's actually kind of full on now that I think about it. The duck killing animations were pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's why you became such a gritty duck capitalist villain <laughs> was because of your your video game upbringing. It's true. I do go out every weekend to hunt endangered animals. Yes. And it's all because of duck hunt. Uh, like most capitalist billionaires. <laughs> In the warehouse, Vincent is talking about how he's going to do the big plan on Halloween. Because on Halloween, if he dies, uh, the veil between heaven and hell is thin. And he can pray a lot and still go to heaven, despite having killed so many people. So, Vincent the bad guy is an ex-Mars Marine operative. Yes. That was experimented on by the Mars Corp. The big farmer, the evil big farmer. Big farmer, yep, yep. And I'm not just talking about a big man with a with a truck and some cows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't call it big farmer because then people will think it's like real life. Because oh. no company in real life as part of capitalism has ever been corrupt and owned by the military. No, that's never happened. All of Michael Bay's movies aren't funded by the military. That's correct. Uh, um, <laughs> and so you have this guy who was experimented on and they were experimenting with nanobots. A nanobot virus, much like parallels certain world wars where mm. noxious gas was experimented with. Yes. Oh, well, because it is during the war on Titan or there's some event that happened in, in Cowboy Bebop, some war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is which is so, um, it's a banned weapon, nanobots. Yes. Nanobots is a banned weaponry. But the military was doing naughty, naughty experiments with it anyway. Of course they were. Of course they were. So they made these nanoviruses, which turn into, uh, like, they look like specific uh, cells in your body. Yes. That are made by your bone marrow and other things. But what happens is they keep duplicating Mm -hmm. into more of these cells and they overwhelm your brain and kill you. Yes. Or, in the case of Vincent... They uh, can drive you a little bit crazy, make you lose yourself. Yeah, because he has these special anti-nanobots yes. in his bloodstream that are specifically there to get rid of the other nanobots. Yes, yeah, he's got the nanobot, the anti-nanobots, but they're still nanobots. So there's like two sorts of nanobots in his bloodstream that are fighting. Yeah, there's there's two nanobots, but because of the experimentation, he loses all his memories. But while he was experimented on, he he saw visions of the beyond, question mm. mark, that his only real memories. Yes. And uh, he is then obsessed with the beyond, the veil. Yeah, with trying to get there. Is real life real or is it the dream that we're dreaming and real life is when we die and go back to waking up Mm. from the dream that we're in? 
I love that concept because it's like it's the same idea as like when you're a baby and you're in the womb. Yeah. Um, you're being born is similar to us dying. It's like, oh my goodness, what's happening? I'm so scared. Yeah. It's interesting how the two existential films we've done this year are both Japanese, Pulse and Cowboy Bebop. Oh, you mean the two good films that we've done? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the two good films are not American. <laughs> wow. That's so weird. That could also have to do with our choices when it comes to picking movies. That that is that is true. I don't want to make a blanket statement that all American movies are good. Yeah, yeah, it, that might be like a biased, biased sort of something, something where mm. we specifically chose the good movies when we had watched the bad movies, and they just so happened to be. Yeah, yeah. there's something there, but also like. It might be because uh, Japan doesn't think their audience is full of idiots. Well, that's debatable when you watch stuff like Demon Slayer, but... Oh, shit, <laughs> savage, damn, damn. No, that's just because there's no, there's not as much effort put into that as there is something like Cowboy Beat Bebop, I think. And also, it's trying to apply to the uh, appeal to the American audience, and they're all dumb, son. Oh, actually, good point. Mm. You, you make a good point. Maybe anime... Being popularized in quote unquote the West, it's it's not a real thing, but quote unquote the West did ruin anime. <laughs> I think you'd get a lot of people agreeing. Man, I'm just kind of drawing blanket statements over a whole genre of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's gatekeep America from watching anime from now on. Yes. You're not allowed anymore. Australia could watch anime, but not America because yeah, they ruined yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because we're on this side of the world. That's not America. No. That doesn't count. Technically. We're closer to Asia than we are to... Um... Yeah, and we live on an island-ish. You know, we're, we, 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 we take a lot of similarities, you know? One of our states, New Zealand, uh, <laughs> is in a similar shape to Japan. Yeah, yeah, one of our states, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm probably going to cut most of this. <laughs> I don't. You will if you're a coward, Sandro. <laughs> oh, no, don't call me a coward. <laughs> I'm anything but I'm a rich capitalist. Yeah. How, how do you think I got to this position? By being a coward. By shooting ducks, by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, he's going to do this big thing. Uh, he's hoping to cross the veil, so he's going to kind of commit massive acts of terrorism Yeah. to get himself killed, basically. Yeah, he's doing this big thing where he kills everyone, because I guess he sees that as a sort of gift to people. You know, typical insane terrorist stuff, yeah. but also... There's this Halloween parade, and that's where he plans to strike, is to uh, murder everyone in the Halloween parade, which mm. is this big event sort of thing. Exactly. We get back to the main story, and uh, yep. Faye finds, um, well, she draws a picture of Vincent from memory on Microsoft <laughs> Paint. <laughs> such a great joke it was so funny i laughed so long at that one that was so because it's funny because the animators of the film yes you know this beautiful film had to draw this stupid microsoft paint that was just so funny that was very <laughs> enjoyable that was great the jokes of this film are so stupid funny yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're directly in my line of humor and it's it's very good oh exactly the same it's it's such a silly 
show that it's yeah, it's almost made for us. And yeah, all the information that Faye finds leads her to the British hacker who she finds in an arcade. He's playing a game. He's always he's almost gotten the high score. He's always beaten the game. And we get the quote when she interrupts him. He's like, "I just needed five hundred more points, then I would have seen Sporky Dorky." <laughs> Do you know how long I've been trying to reach Sporky Dorky? <laughs> you shouldn't have incurred the wrath of Sporky Dorky. Yeah, yeah. This is great. I love that. Then he does a real movie hacker move where he just like types random keys on his belt. Yes. And somehow that hacks into the the system and shuts all the lights off. So he runs off. He runs off. Um, and loses uh Faye in the crowd, and she's like, "God damn it!" But she grabs his hat. Yes, which is important because they've got a dog on the team. But before we get to the dog, more important stuff happens. There's nothing more important than the dog. But continue. Spike sneaks into the <clears throat> pharmaceutical company under the guise of a cleaner. And in there, he uh, he sees a bunch of stuff. He, he, he gets a bunch of information, but he gets found out by Electra. <clears throat> and they have a fight. And I wrote down two quotes here. The original Japanese quote and the English version of the line, after they fight, there's a quick break that they have a talk. And Spike, being the horny guy that he is, he's like, wow. I love tough girls. That's the original Japanese version. In the English version, he says, Wow, I love the kind of woman who can kick my ass. And uh, I have to agree. That's what I look for in a woman, really. (laughs) But no, this fight scene between Elektra and Spike is great because a lot of the moves happen to the beat of the song as well. Oh, yeah. So it's like, boom, boom. It's kind of like you're playing Crypto the Necro Dancer. You got to fight to the beat. And I love that. It's good. You, you... (laughs) You brought up the thing I You brought up Crypt of the Necrodance and the thing I've been playing for the past couple of weeks. Hey, what have you? That's that's what a that's a game I I I love. So yes, I love uh rhythm games. Mm. I'm a huge fan of rhythm games, so that sort of thing very much appeals to me. I cannot believe you brought up <laughs> that before I could bring up that. You should get I think it's called Bullets Per Minute, which is a shooter, but you gotta fire to mm. the beat of like a metal song or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that one. That looks alright. That looks alright. Uh I like more like uh Fury and uh Crypt of the Next Dancer, the more my sort of uh movies. A more uh, a deck building a roguelike sort of game. <laughs> yes. Please stop calling me out. Okay. <laughs> deck builders are fun, alright. They're deck building roguelikes are fun games and you play roguelikes as well, just not deck building ones. Well, Biden of Isaac is... has nothing to do with decks and cards. No. (laughs) That's just pure luck. Yeah. Whereas good games like Hades have less luck in them because you make choices. I got bored of Hades really quickly, though. Really? Did you play it very long? I played about five hours. I tried all the different variations. I unlocked a bunch of stuff, and then I just kind of got bored. Because I find Hades much more enjoyable than Biting of Isaac because of the choices, because you always get a good run. That's true. Definitely Binding of Isaac has more content. Anyway, speaking of too much content, this is more of an ants conversation <laughs> than, than a movie review. <laughs> we should probably talk about the movie. Uh, 
Faye gives Ayn the hat and uh, goes to track down the scent. She doesn't give it to him. Egg kind of takes the hat and and, and then Faye's like, where the fuck is the hat gone? (laughs) That was an important piece of evidence. And Ed's like, cut to Ed going, wee, wah, woo, following the corgi, tracking the hat. Yeah, yeah. it's, It's great. They eventually find the apartment where the scent goes. And Faye heads over, originally tells Ed to wait for her, but Ed goes off to trick-or-treat, do typical Ed things. Yeah, and she gets captured by the bat. What happens is Vincent, he murders Tech Guy. Yeah, murders the hacker with the nanobots. Yeah, because he, uh, clearly he didn't tell the hacker guy that uh, he was immune to them. Mm. And he's done the classic villain thing of once someone's used up their usefulness, he just murders them. He murders them. And the last words for the hacker guy are, I never saw Sporky Dorky. I should have pressed the reset button. (laughs) (laughs) You're really really obsessed with Sporky Dorky, Sandra. Me? The script writer was obsessed with Sporky (laughs) Dorky. (laughs) And why wouldn't he be, Sandro? I wanted to see Sporky Dorky after the mentions of him. What do you imagine Sporky Dorky looks like? For me, Sporky Dorky is a Cthulhu, but with a smile. Oh, are you thinking of like a chibi sort of Cthulhu? What the fuck is a chibi? <laughs> chibi like animated cutesy, like he's been shrunk down and like cutesy. Ah, uh, yes, I'll say yes. Like he's got big chubby cheeks, you know, like a cutesy Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. Because then I'll agree. Because like just a smiling Cthulhu would be horrifying. Sporky Dorky for me is a dog. Ooh. A dog, but he's got like spring legs and tail. A bit like Tigger. Mm. You know, he's just bouncing around. That's Sporky Dorky. He's a fun loving guy. He's but he does have existential crises. Like yeah. my legs are springs. How will I eat if I cannot stand still? But then he's like, Sporky Doink! <laughs> I'm Sporky Dorky. Sporky Dorky. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then Faye walks up to the apartment. She gets captured. Um, she also breathes in some of the nanobots. And Victor is like, oh, no. She shoots his hand in an action scene. Yeah, because what happens is he licks the blood off and gives her a snog. That's a very intense scene. So now she's got his blood in, in her system. And, and the nanobots don't seem to be doing anything. She is now immune. And it, it's one of those things where I'm like... I haven't seen the anime, but I'm pretty sure this is a main character. Because <laughs> this is very tense. It's like, oh shit, is this character going to die? Yeah. It was more tense than the main character dying. Than Spike potentially dying, yeah. Because I had zero tension that he was going to die. But her, I wasn't sure as much. But still, it's it's always a problem with anime, like movies from a TV show. Yeah. Where you have the main characters. If it's if it's put in between, you know the main characters can't die. They can't die. Just full stop. But she does get into a lot of trouble, like a lot of danger. She's in a very dangerous situation, so it's still threatening. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely, absolutely. I'm just 
I'm just saying this is a problem for these sort of movies in general, not mm. specifically this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. the tension can sometimes be ruined if you think about it at all. Speaking about tension, Vincent leaves her tied up and goes to a train station. Spike and Electra follow him there. And we get a, an incredible song that plays during a long action scene on this train that eventually leads to Vincent blowing up the train. Yeah, so Spike, like, runs and jumps onto a train yeah. from, like, a story above. It's very cool. While, because he, the coin he flipped at the earlier part of the movie that the lady took was actually a tracking device mm -hmm. thing that had a microphone in it, but also the lady knew that. So she purposely took it on her and then cracked it when it wasn't important because she knew that Spike would show up. Would show up at the train station, but not which particular train she's and on. And she wanted that because she wanted to fall. It's like, what is going on? This is crazy. Yeah. And they all show up at this train thing and this big shootout. One random civilian gets brutally shot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that was... That was weirdly brutal for the tone of this movie. It gets pretty bloody. I mean, it's pretty bloody. Like, what Spike goes through during this sequence is fucked. Yeah, like, because then this movie goes from literally no blood shown at all. And yeah. blood being shown is a big part of movies, if you don't know. Like, PG rating goes from PG to M immediately if blood is If you being show blood. Shown. If a sword is shown to come out the other side of someone when they <laughs> are attacked, that can lead the movie to being rated R. Just something small like that, you know? Like, it go, it turns up to 11 in this scene. It, it does. goes from, you literally see a guy get shot and blood pour out the wound. Like, there's a scene, of course, where we see Spike fighting uh, Vincent and he beats the crap out of Vincent. Mm. And then Vincent's like, oh, was that all anyway? Wow, you suck. Grabs his fucking, like, heart. Yeah. Where his heart should be and just twists. Just twists it. Oh, that hurts. And then he gets shot and thrown out of the train just before it explodes. Yeah, yeah. Infecting all the passengers. Also, Electra not affected by the nanobots. Yes, because the nanobots go off, they start killing people, and she's like, hmm, I'm not dying. That's weird. What's going on? Turns out, and we'll go through this now, turns out she was also a part of that test. She also has the, uh, the nanobot cure inside of her, and yeah. she was in love with Vincent before his mind was wiped. It might be that the nanobots were put in Vincent, and because of reasons, she now has them, if you can connect the dots. Because because the earlier we saw uh, Faye, she got a snog, and then she became invincible to them. Maybe maybe someone else was getting a bit of a snog, if you know what I'm maybe saying. The, maybe Electra also got a little taste of the V. Um... <laughs> Do you want to rephrase that for the recording? No. Or, yep, no, fair, fair enough. So Spike wakes up after that action scene and he uh, he's found on the beach by these like Native American type characters. Uh, and he says, wow, I was almost dead. That's the first time I've ever been scared. Yeah, I like I liked the sort of existential bit that yeah the themes that this film goes through because he's like he's never felt scared of dying before because he never really cared before. Mm. But then people made him 
care. Mm. And then he started to fear death. Mm. And that's the most fear he's ever felt, ever, because he'd never feared death. Before. Oh my god, he's got feelings now. Yeah, because uh in the show we learn his backstory and it's you know it's quite it's quite tragic and yeah, it just kind of means that he's quite careless. He's got nothing to live for. But um yeah. this is that turning point where he's like, wait a second, I do have friends. Oh my god. I do have I do have reasons to live, you know? There are good reasons to live. And he's like, maybe I don't want to die. And then he's like, oh, shit, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, fuck. So he's he's recovering from Trump. Meanwhile, the drug company's like, hey, uh, Electra, you didn't tell us you were immune. Mm, that changes things. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to, like, they're not trying to stop Vincent. They're trying to bury the fact that they were ever involved in this, which, oh, not, yeah. not realistic at all. I, I've oh, never yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. that Companies happening. Companies would never take the priority of their own monetary gains and company over those lives of human beings. Absolutely not. The CIA would never deny uh, to, oh. Um, no, no, <laughs> you don't want to finish that line. So, uh, Spike, Faye, Jet doesn't really, I, he kind of helps out. Ed, not really. What do you mean? Ed, the whole <laughs> film is hacking. Ed is ultimate hacker. Yeah, yeah, and the, the hacking's great because it's like an underwater aquarium <laughs> yes. where programs are flying around and she sends, like, little fish to go eat at the programs, mm -hmm. which, like pop into the way she hacks is sending fish after them. Yep, yep. Which is incredible visuals. And I was like, this is great. It is great. Uh, but Electra also is the other one who joins in on the team. They're going to stop Vincent. And here's how they're going to stop Vincent. How are they... How gonna stop it how are they how are they possibly going to stop these boys are you saying they're gonna recruit some random characters they met early on in one scene like some old pilot dudes which mentioned that they used to be bounty hunters but then move off and it's like a two second scene that's somehow brought back later on in the movie mm, indeed indeed well first of all spike is going to uh do a really cool dog fight with the army to keep them distracted oh yeah 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 that's right the army go after them how do they explain the ending of this movie because they break the law here a lot right oh yeah the the thing with like the law in this world it doesn't matter there's like the army but they're not really in control who are in control like the cartels and stuff ah okay because it was just interesting because it's like uh, Faye walks into the weather control center. Yeah, while Spike is causing a diversion, she goes to the environmental control. And, like, it's like, I'm a terrorist, and shoots the air. Is there repercussions for her actions? Nah, they'll just lie low for a couple weeks and it'll be fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, it's, it's, it's weird because then everyone could do that sort of thing. It is, it's just some questions, but... I mean, it's like the Wild West, right? It's kind of like, the idea is that it's meant to be the future, but it's also the Wild West. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I exactly. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that... It's interesting that there's no consequences for this movie, but also it doesn't matter in the aspect of this movie. So it doesn't matter overall. It's just points that I'd point out that mm. maybe it's like that could get them in trouble with, you know, the government or whatever. But they saved the day. So maybe they would be able to solve it all by saying, hey, 
you know, we saved the day, or hey, this drug company is corrupt. But anyway, all it I'm saying matter. is that I'm glad that all that happens off screen because that would be because <laughs> that would be boring as shit, and Zach should stop talking about it. So she makes it rain. She makes it rain, and I'm not just talking about bloody throwing money everywhere. Am I right? She makes it rain, actual rain. Yeah, because of the weather control. Yeah, yeah, because it's the weather control. While Jet uh, recruits a bunch of old men in old planes, real old <laughs> rickety planes. Yeah, they're like these are from museums. <laughs> yeah. These haven't flown in, like, a hundred years. And then we see just a plane, like, crash in the background. Mm-hmm. And 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 Jet's like, oh, no, I made a mistake. Uh, what's this? But what they're doing is while is they're flying up above the clouds, mm. it's going to rain, clouds going to rain, and they've got the vaccine, and they're going to sprinkle the vaccine into the clouds so that rains down onto the people as the nanobots explode and infect everyone down on the streets. Mm. So they've instantly, they've got it sorted. And the plan works. There's a couple action scenes along the way, but the plan works. The entire time, though, Spike's like, hmm. Vincent keeps talking about, like, how he wants to go to heaven. He keeps keeps talking about, you know, it's going to be close. I'm going to be close to heaven. Yeah. I'm going to be walking up the staircase to heaven. The 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 bridge to heaven. The bridge to heaven. And then he sees uh, the Eiffel Tower. And he's like, hold on a second. That's real close to the sky, also known as the heavens. Oh, he's probably going to head there. I'm not sure if this is a... Because th- there might be some differences between the Japanese thing, but he, uh, Vincent talks about the party mm. and how he's only going to start it when everyone gets there. Implying to him, he's like, oh, I need to go be there because he won't start without me. Yes. You know? Yes. So he goes to find Vincent, and of course, Electra follows Spike. Follows him. They have a big old fight. He gets uh, Spike gets shot a lot. Yeah, by uh, Vincent. Yeah. It's all to the backdrop of like fireworks as well, which is really cool. He he like gets infected by the virus when that's gone off. But uh, and Vincent's like, "Hey, do you see the butterflies? You know." Mm-hmm. But then Electra shows up. Electra shows up, and she kills Vincent. He, he puts his gun, he's about to shoot her, mm-hmm. they have this whole thing, and they shoot, but Vincent doesn't shoot. Vincent doesn't shoot. And he's like, you know what, at the last minute there, I remembered. I remembered that we were in love, and if anyone is going to kill me, it'll be you, because I shouldn't be al- alive anymore for doing the, the stuff that I've done. Yeah. And he dies. He was like, the whole world was a dream, I just wanted to get out. And, Sp- and Spike's like, there were easier ways to do that, mate. Yeah, you could have just jumped, <laughs> mate. Like, you didn't need to kill everyone. You didn't need to release a virus. Yeah. And then um, the vaccine kind of just goes down on everyone. Everyone's safe. Yeah. Uh, Spike does see the nanobot butterfly things, because when you have the, the nanobots, you see the, the things. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's this whole thing. So so is it just a dream, Sandro? Maybe. Mm. May- may- oh, that is interesting, because the whole theme is, is reality just a dream? Yeah. So the fact that this movie could just be a dream <laughs> would make sense. Be a dream that Spike had, yeah. Maybe, but I like to think that this is a part of all their arcs, I think. Oh, that's yeah, nice, yeah, for sure, for know. sure. But that is an interesting theory. That's the same sort of layers thing. Is this dream, is this a real-life a uh, theory about dreams that is just in in itself a dream that he has. Mm. So Vincent never existed, and he was right. Maybe I mean it's possible. Yeah. But there we go. That's it. The movie ends with them all up on Eiffel Tower, and and everyone's looking up at the rain. Everyone on the street is is watching the rain as the credits go. Oh yeah, there's some beautiful credit scenes. We yeah. see when when Spike was running for the train, he just takes his headphones off and gives them to a random bystander. 
bystander. Oh, yeah, and we see that bystander, yeah. And we see that bystander in the credits. I thought it was very... Again, these, these like, the detail in this film is incredible. I yeah. love it so much. I love the... Because it's like, why does Spike just give his headphones to a random person for no reason? Why does it happen? Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, this character comes back. He's listening to music on the headphones. It's It's great. It's good, it's good. And yeah, I guess the vaccine this time works because no one loses their memory. Everyone's okay. Yeah. And there's no repercussions to the pharmaceutical company. Well, the movie ends before we see that. I'm sure the company got the justice it deserves. Maybe. Because we've never lived in a society where a corrupt corporation would do something no. heinously terrible that would cause millions of lives to be lost mm. and then had no repercussions for it. That's never happened in real life. I reckon Electra maybe sues them or something. Oh yeah, she she gets she gets big money. Yeah. She gets a payout. And then she turns evil because she had she has so much money that yeah, now she's... Yeah, because as soon as you get hold of money, you become evil. You become an evil capitalist. That's how things work. But there we go. That is the movie. Cowboy Bebop the movie. Uh, that is the whole thing. I Look, it's great. It's a great film. It's really fun. Animation's incredible. Uh, great story. Really told quite, 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 quite tastefully. And it makes you not feel like an idiot. It's not speaking down to you, which is really good. Um, I'm giving it a goodie. I'm even thinking it's maybe better than a goodie. Oh, absolutely. I'm definitely giving this a goodie. I don't know I don't know what award you could give it, though. Is this a dream or is this better than a goodie award? <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible award, but sure. I mean, it's better than... What do we give Pulse? Not only is it not deceased, it's also bursting with Pulsey. That's the worst <laughs> named award we have. Yeah, but I think that's a certain person's fault. But anyway, <laughs> well, last week I rated O mm. a 16-something oldie. I think this is like a 30-30 award uh, you know, I, no. in the future. <laughs> silly. Yeah, well, every award we give is stupid and silly. So, no, that's fair. I like your I like your award. It's no, yeah, I put a twist on it, though. Mm. Uh, is it a dream or is it... A corgi. Mmm, <laughs> that's it. Is it a dream or is it a corgi award? Nice. Cowboy Bebop's the only film that'll ever get that. Yeah! But there we go. That's a solid better than a goodie to Cowboy Bebop the movie, also known as Knocking on Heaven's Door. Which name do you prefer? Mmm, Cowboy Bebop. That's the name of the show, though, so... Yeah. It'd be a bit complicated <laughs> if the movie was called that, Because it's called Cowboy Bebop. It's named after the ship. Well, yeah, it's named after the ship, but but it's also, fun fact, it's also named after a style of music. Every single episode of the show, every title of every episode of the show is named after a different style of music. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of a TV show called Firefly. I don't know if you, you've, you've ever seen that one. Oh, yeah, I heard they're going to bring that back for a second season at some point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure you heard that. It's been in the works since, uh, like, for, like, nine years now. Yeah, no, I, yep. I reckon it'll happen at some point. Yep, yep. Yep. I'm sure that season two's come out any day now. <laughs> um, any day now. It's a good time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Speaking of a good time, oh. it's time for us to cross over this movie. Oh, do we have to? Yeah. Do we have to cross this over with something? Oh, no. Sorry. I, I misspoke. I mean, ruin this movie by <laughs> infecting it with another movie. All right. Don't worry, Sandro, because this sequel slash crossover will all just be a dream, so it, it won't be canon. I like that, actually. All right, random number generator. Give me a number of an episode we've done. Crossover between the movie on that episode and Cowboy Bebop. Number eight. Whoa. Oh my God, that's early. The eighth movie we've ever watched. Oh, it's a boring one. What is it? It's a. It's eight seconds. What? Do you, do you remember for episode eight, we did a movie called Eight Seconds? No, but that sounds like we were really clever with our names. Yeah, but it turned to a really boring episode because it was about uh, the rodeo guy. Oh, rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to stay on eight seconds on the bull. Yeah, that fucking movie sucked. No, but this is brilliant, right? Oh, you're right. It is brilliant. Yes. My synapses are firing just like yours, but I want to hear your thoughts. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one, this could be potentially Jet's dream because he watched so many cowboys. This could be Spike's. And it could be like an alternate reality right? where Spike and Jet and the gang are actual cowboys. Okay, okay. they fly into a random Star Trek time travel cloud. Yes, yes. That also could be a dream cloud. They might fall asleep and just their brains are going crazy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They all wake up in the ship at the end and it's like, wait, was that a dream or did we actually escape? Mm -hmm. Because what happens is... They crash slash go to sleep. Yeah. Crash as in go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, a funny joke. They wake up. Yes. On a strange planet and their ship needs repairs. Yes. So Ed is focused on repairing the ship and doesn't appear for the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, Aww. no, Ed's, Ed's in there. Ed's in it. I'm, I'm JK, JK. Oh, I like Ed. But they need to repair the ship, so they need to go out and get some supplies. <laughs> it's the movie True Grit, but the Haley Steinfeld character is played by Ed. Yeah. <laughs> and the tiny girl is Ed. <laughs> yeah. And so they go out into this town and uh, they meet up with some people and they're like, what the fuck are you? Why are you all dressed weird? You're all weird. What the fuck is happening? Turns out they've gone back to the 1850s, maybe? Yeah, Could yeah, something like that. Yeah. Old Western place. Mm. Yeah, when they get to town, of course, there's a gang of, like, thieves and bandits that are accosting a establishment, and uh, they just waltz in and beat the shit out of everyone, and they're like, oh, yeah, we need some supplies. Can you help us? And it's yeah. and like the old shop clerk is like, "Oh, I would love to help you, Shuddy, but uh, these bandits are the last of them, and they've taken control of the water supply." You know. Oh, we're doing the water thing. Classic, classic. Yeah. Well, not water, maybe, but like they've taken control of the train routes. So, oh, I like the train routes. Train, train routes. Yes. I, yeah, train. Actually, on set on trains. I like that idea. We include trains a lot. Um, they pick up a bounty for the guy that's in charge of that evil gang. Not evil, but, like, the bad gang. And they slowly work their way through all his men. They they kind of figure out where they are for a bit. They have a crisis. It's like, how are we going to get back? And it's like, Ed's like, 
well, I've an- analyzed the time cloud thing yeah. that's floating above old timey Earth. If we go back into it, we should be able to just go back the way we came. But they need to buy fuel and a particular sort of uh, resource. Yeah. Well, they they need like gold or something. Yeah. To yeah. work for circuits and other stuff. Like they yeah. need to repair circuits. But they need to like make them from scratch. So they need all these different stuff. And it's like there's like an old timey scientist or whatever that has all this stuff in a lab, which they eventually get to. Doc Brown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not Doc Brown. That's no. already been done in the million ways to die in the West. A random Doc Brown cameo. But the scientist has been captured by the bandit people. And are using them to make bombs and other things to blow up the train and other stuff, you know. That adds some fun action. So, yeah, they've got to stop them and a lot of fights and it's great. Yeah, at one point they get captured and the bad guys get to steal their, like, future guns. Oh, and then they go cause havoc with the future guns and our main characters are de-armed, so they've got to rely on their wits. Yeah, but also they get some basic pistols and revolvers and other things to make up for it. Yeah. It's pretty good. And it's not really a crossover with eight seconds, except in one scene they've got to do a rodeo to win someone's respect. <laughs> oh, yeah. I completely forgot this was a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's it. It's called Cowboy Bebop Eight Seconds to Live. That's more of a James Bond title. <laughs> eight seconds in a dream. Because... The town they go in is called Dream Town. Oh, the town's called Dream. Yeah. Yes. It's called Dream, and they're in the dream. They're in a dream. They're they're sleeping. Oh, that's good. Mm. Well, that's it. Let's do some reviews then. All right. It's time for raving reviews. It's the part of the show where I go to Rotten Tomatoes and don't listen to the critics because, as we discussed earlier, they gave this 66% for no reason other than they're wrong. Just wrong. Yeah, pretty incorrect. Unlike the audience who are correct. Most of the time, you're going to read me a review. Mm -hmm. i got to guess what the rating is between 0.5 and 5, but there's a twist. There's a twist. One of these reviews is made by me. Yes. I made it. So you have to also guess which one I made. All right. Riper says, not your parents' version, but a fun expansion of the story. Not your parents' version of what? The anime, supposedly. Your parents' version of anime would have been like Astro Boy and Sailor Moon. No, of course this isn't your parents' anime. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. They're agreeing, you know. There's also a lot of blood. Ah, I guess it's quite gory. Not as gory as Chainsaw Man. I saw an ad for an anime called Chainsaw Man the other day, and my god, that looks pretty fun, actually. Or Berserk. Oh my god, Berserk. I'm going to say that that's probably a solid 4 out of 5. Oh, you're right. That is a 4 out of 5. One point, one point for me. That's not your parents' 4 out of 5. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Back in my day, we used to have a 1, 2 out of 5 would get you as far as a 4 out of 5. Back in my day. Back in your day, <laughs> ratings didn't make any sense. <laughs> Gus says... I liked the part where Mr. B bopped him. <laughs> Mr. B bopped him? Oh, because Spike, he hits people, which is kind of like... Yeah. I see. Uh, I, I'll... I, uh, uh, um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that one's probably a, a 4.5 because it's a silly review. That is a silly review. And it is a 4.5. Whoa. There you go. Wow. I'm two for two. Yeah, you're two for two. You're killing it this week. Damn. All right, well, let's see if you uh, relate to this person without a name. They had no username, but they the said- The man without a name. It was legit. 
it's also no way to somewhere. What? This was legit. It's also no way to somewhere. Yeah. What does that mean? Whoa. Whoa. This was legit. That's such a cryptic review. I'm going to say five out of five, actually. I'm going to say five out of five. Am I sharing my screen right now by accident? Because it's five out of five again? Oh, my God. Three for three. Are you Googling the review? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just so in tune. I'm actually a big fan of anime. (laughs) I I actually love anime. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot you love anime so much that you just know off your head all the reviews for every anime ever. Uh, Well, maybe Scott. If he says violent anime film, that I suspect those unfamiliar with the television series will find hard to get into. Oh, you're kind of gatekeeping the show, Cowboy Bebop, right there, reviewer. Yeah, and also, I wa- didn't watch the show, and I loved this movie. Didn't mm. gatekeep me. So you're just wrong, Scott. I'm like, this person might be a fan of the show. Yeah, they're either a fan or a show or someone who wasn't a fan of the show who tried to watch it and is upset with it. Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to get this one right, but I'm going to say it's a three. Ah, you are wrong. You are wrong. It is actually a two out of five. I was like, you're going to sneak a negative one in here, but how negative? I was like three because it's 90%. So like most people gave it a positive rating anyway. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Chris says... Even better than the anime series, in my opinion. Whoa. But I'm not a huge fan of a fan of the anime in general. It's alright though. Not a huge fan of the original anime in general, but you think this is better. Mmm. 3.5. Ooh, close. It's three out of five. This was the three out of five. You were you kept thinking ahead to this one. It's not your fault. You just thought last review was this review. Uh well. Uh and finally, Jake says, love it! Fuck the tomato meter. Those guys don't know shit. Ooh, what a big old review. That's five out of five, surely. That's five out of five. That's five out of five. And I couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself, Jake. Jake, well, I got four out of six points then, but I still got to guess which yeah. one your one is. And your one is the Mr. B bopped him. That's your review. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course. I made that in a, a, a stupid review. Um, <laughs> so technically I got five out of six points then, which is great. But no, you got five out of seven. No, don't, shut up. Don't shut up. Five out of six points. I make the rules. I'm the editor. <laughs> Whoa, damn it. You're just going to cut out the part where I say five out of seven. No. Ah. <laughs> Once again, your evil capitalism... <laughs> Has got the best of me. Yes, and just like capitalism, this episode is coming to an end. <laughs> oh my god, that was that was foreboding. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a fun one. This was a really great episode. It turns out that we don't have to only review bad movies to get good content. We can do good movies too. Yeah, this movie was nearly as uh, sorry. This podcast is nearly as long as the movie itself. It's a long episode, but I reckon it should have been. Uh, if you like the show, though, and you want to keep in touch, hey, we're on Instagram, at oldiebuddygoodypod, same address for Facebook. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us, oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com. Do you like Cowboy Bebop? Have you seen the live action one? I, I actually would like to get people's thoughts on the live action show, because I mm. don't know much about it, and I do really, really actually kind of want to watch it. Well, I think I, uh, I've got the Cowboy Bebop anime in my future. The live action, I have... Little interest, I might see, maybe, but, like, in general, live actions do not appeal to me, as I see very little point. 
besides capitalism and money. That's true. But also... If it was like a spin-off live action, you no, know? No, it's a direct like, adaptation of everything that happens in the I show. I know, I know, but just make, like, spin-offs. Just do yeah. something different with the universe. That could have been better. That could have been better. But anyway, I'll probably watch it at some point. I heard some good things. I like the cast. Uh, we're also on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash pod. There is a new episode of that out on Wednesday. What are we reviewing? I don't know yet because we're meant to do The Price of Milk, a New Zealand comedy that won a poll, but I can't find it anywhere outside of some DVDs that are on sale for a hundred bucks. What? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that. Yeah, that might, may, we might have to change that and do something else, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because I really want to watch that and I think you'd yeah. do as well, right? So I love New Zealand comedies. But patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodiepod, there's a huge back catalogue on there as well, plus access to our ad-free feed of this very podcast. Speaking of ads, we get them from That's Not Canon Productions, our network. Whoa. Thank you, That's Not Canon Productions. Yeah, you're funding our capitalist <laughs> empire. Thank you for that. And also shout out to Josh Cake for our theme song, who also made the theme song for the show Ants. Episode one <gasps> out now. What? If you are like, is the new Game of Thrones pre worth watching give that a listen i will because i have not seen game of thrones do not watch it without watching game of thrones i've been <laughs> i've been telling everyone this the show does not work if you don't know what game like what happens wow, in game of thrones. wow okay okay well there you go the first episode of game of thrones right it's like the first episode of a show it introduces you to everything. Yeah. It's got a big, massive opening sequence, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is a grand start you, of a show. You, you toss a child out a window, you know, it's a good time. This first episode of Houses of the Dragon, it's like, all right, it's time for another season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. And it's good, because you've got Matt Smith being real evil, but it's like... Yeah, I've heard, a, I've heard a lot of good things about Matt Smith. He's great. Uh, people say he's pretty good. He says the cunt word. Ooh! And I'm like, Matt Smith, you've never been more threatening saying the cunt word before. Hell yeah. We love a good cunt down here in Australia. This episode's not been explicit until now, and now I've got to give it the tag. Well, I did say <laughs> fucking shit earlier, Ah, that's so. not explicit. That's what, true. What, what makes a podcast explicit is talking about fucking <laughs> and, and cunts. Well, speaking of fucking cunts, um, we got some movies we got to choose for next week. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's do some fucking movies. All right. So, you've got a few movies to choose from. Okay. We've got The Glass House. Oh, sounds dangerous. Uh, yeah. If you throw a stone in there, it might mm. be a bad idea. Mm. A psychological mystery about two orphans who move in with a couple that seem to be hiding some dark secrets. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you got Hardball to pay off his loan. Keanu Reeves Ooh. must coach a little league baseball team. We've done a couple, or uh, we've done one little league movie before, and it wasn't great. But no, no, interesting little league Keanu Reeves sports movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this will make your mind up because the Poof Point. What is a Disney Channel movie? Oh, no. Yay, another one about two scientists who create a time machine that accidentally makes them younger. Oh, <laughs> and then you got kids playing older scientists. Yeah, I'm not ready to do Disney Channel again. I do want to do one more Disney Channel movie this year, but. I'm not ready to do that yet. Yeah, I was about to say, we've done so many Disney Channel movies. I think that's an immediate 
cut. I want to do one more. I, okay. I feel like the last one was so so, so racist that we <laughs> that we were like, let's not do Disney Channel again. Yeah. But I feel like I should give it one more shot. But not this movie. Um, so you've got The Glass House, A Psychological Mystery. I don't really want to do that. Or Hardball. Keanu Reeves. Oh, my God. We had a, such, such a good movie and now these options are not good. <laughs> Um, no, none of these options are great. But you haven't got the excuse that there's, like, no options, because there is options. Keanu Reeves is good enough. That is true. It would be funny. Like, Keanu Reeves acting alongside children could be funny as well. Mm. Uh, so, you know what? Let's do Hardball, I guess. Oh, okay. You chose Hardball. I'm surprised that you chose that one. Yeah. Well, we've done a few sports movies this year. We've done uh, two basketballs. So, let's do... Something that's not basketball. Let's do baseball, which I think mm. is one of the better sports to watch. I actually really enjoy watching baseball. Mm. It's fun to watch. So let's do that next week uh, on the podcast. And we'll wrap it up with the best quote from Cowboy Bebop the movie. Let me open my notes. Mm. What what quotes do I have? Uh, well, my one is obviously the best line. Could it be that I'm just dumb and horny? Because that's the existential dread that I am looking for, the... Dumb and horny ones. My sort of existential dread is uh, more akin to the hacker. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just needed 500 more points, man. Then I would have been able to see Sporky Dorky. Do you know how long I've been trying to reach Sporky Dorky? Oh, my God. I just realized, Sandra, the main twist villain mm. in our spinoff is Sporky Dorky. Sporky Dorky! Oh, my God. He was behind the time rift the entire time. That's right. And he's played by me, James Station. I no! play Sporky Dorky, in it. Not James Station. I thought he was gone forever. I'm still a fuckwit. 